Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on unique God's vision for your life. God's vision for our lives should be the heartbeat that pumps through everything we do. God reveals his vision to us over time, and we usually only see part of the vision at first. As you respond to what God shows you and begin to live into God's preferred future, the vision becomes more vivid and real. So Rick Warren writes, you need God's vision. So why does the Bible say vision is so important in your life? Because where there is no vision, the people perish out of Proverbs 29:18. Here are three reasons it's essential to have a clear vision in God's purpose for your life. Without God's vision, there's indecision. Out of James 1.8 says, A person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Without God's vision for your future, you drift and wander through life. You don't have goals, purpose, or meaning. When you just let life happen to you, you're not really living. With no vision, you waste time and you miss opportunities. You don't make the most of what you've been given. And that makes you a poor steward of your life. You end up just coasting, and when you're coasting, you're always heading downhill. Without God's vision, there's division. If you don't understand God's vision for your life, how can you expect others to support you in your purpose? In fact, the lack of vision makes you vulnerable to others steering you toward what they think or assume your purpose is. Only God can tell you your purpose because he created you specifically and uniquely to live it out. And only following his vision will allow you to live the abundant life God intends for you. If you aren't sure where you're headed, you don't expect anybody else to go with you. Proverbs 28.2 says, When the country is in chaos, everybody has a plan to fix it. But it takes a leader of real understanding and straighten things out. Vision is the antidote to division. Without God's vision, there's collision. For many people, life is just a series of relational confrontations, financial crashes, and personal crises. It's like a bumper car ride where you just keep getting hit from all sides. Without God's clear direction for your life, you inevitably hit a dead end. The Bible warns of the consequences of not following God's vision for your life. Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience and their faith has been destroyed like a wrecked ship out of 1 Timothy 1.19. Getting God's vision for your life requires prayer, careful thought, and continual effort to hear God's voice. It's the result of seeing things clearly with eyes of faith rather than eyes of fear. When your faith guides your conscience, you'll gain a clear understanding of how to move forward with purpose. In God's master plan, everyone is created with many things in common, yet each is distinct from any other human being. God has a great plan, a vision, and that vision includes you. Yes, it does. Or you would not be here. You are special. You are different from anyone else. The great creator God personally designed and made you that way. Therefore, you have a contribution to offer that no one else can make. It is said that the difference between a chump and a champ is dedication. The dedication demands purpose, faith, and a vision, daily vision. Having vision means being able to visualize. Visualizing is beginning a fulfilled vision. When we think of an apple, we see it in our mind's eye. 
Christians have the vision and are able to dream the impossible dream. A man or woman of a vision or faith fully believes the impossible dream is possible. I believe in this type of vision. How about you? In God's sight, you're not a washout. You're not a complete failure. You're not a hopeless sinner. God says you're worth having. You are worth loving. God's greatest physical creation is you. Accept this fact. You have value and are not inferior to anyone. Different? Yes. Wonderfully different? Remember, you are God's idea, and he never makes a mistake. You are not made to be exactly like any other person, but each of us was made for a purpose. God had a vision about you and has a vision for you. If you don't know God's present and ultimate vision for you personally right now, let me share it with you. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Out of Acts 2.17. The Apostle Paul summarizes God's will and vision for all humanity in a nutshell. God our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to to the knowledge of the truth out of 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. God, through his son Jesus Christ, reveals the knowledge of truth Paul is referring to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that's John three sixteen and 17. That is God's vision prepared and outlined for mankind, including you. It is the offering of and the way to eternal life in the kingdom of God, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God, out of Luke 13, 29. But is such a thing really possible? Maybe you are skeptical. Well, so were some of Jesus' disciples. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible, out of Mark 10.27. There's the answer. Jesus said all things are possible to him who really believes they are possible, and according to God's will. In Acts 2, 38 and 39, the apostle Peter outlines the process, the steps to begin fulfilling God's vision for you. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Christ then began to live within you through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit out of Colossians 1.27. In the book of Romans, God continued to explain his personal vision for you. But if the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies to the spirit who dwells in you, out of Romans 8.11. In subsequent verses, he nails down in detail the ultimate purpose and vision for you, your magnificent destiny, why you were born. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Romans 8, 13 and 14. Hard to believe, but true. 
Your destiny envisioned by the Creator God is to become His very own son or daughter, His child, His family, His heirs. So we need to read in Romans 8, 16, and 17, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. There is not, nor can there be, a greater hope or destiny. Will you act to fulfill God's vision for you? Those called now are involved to be living examples of a better way, a richer and fuller life. You are called to the joy of sharing God's vision for mankind and with others, called to be trendsetters in high moral values and conduct, in physical and spiritual integrity. You are called to leadership through service, called to sonship. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, out of John 1.12. The head of the church, Jesus Christ, does change lives, and for the better. Christians, bought and paid for by the death of the blood of Christ, have been wonderfully invited by God to join him in his vision for mankind. In baptism, we covenant with him and fully dedicate our lives to his purpose for us. In Matthew 20, 26-28, Jesus said, But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. While still in this life, your opportunity is by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service out of Romans 12.1. Wherever you are, work every day to be the best person you can be, doing the best you can do with what you have to do with, to the glory of God. Yes, this is your destiny, God's vision for you. So next I want to play a song. It's called Be Thou My Vision by Tommy Walker. And here it is.
What a great song by Tommy Walker. And with Tommy Walker Ministries, you can connect with him online at TommyWalkerMinistries.com. You can also subscribe to his channel on YouTube. Go check him out. He's a, he's a good listen. So next, I'm going to read you a story, and it's called A Thousand Marbles. So, the older I get, the more I enjoy Saturday mornings. Perhaps it's the quiet solitude that comes with being the first to rise. Or maybe it's the unbounded joy of not having to be at work. Either way, the first few hours of Saturday morning are most enjoyable. A few weeks ago, I was shuffling toward the basement shack with a steaming cup of coffee in one hand and the morning paper in the other. What began as a typical Saturday morning turned into one of those lessons that life seems to hand you from time to time. So let me tell you about it. I turned the dial up into the phone portion of the band on my ham radio in order to listen to a Saturday morning swap net. 
Along the way, I came across an older-sounding chap with a tremendous signal and a golden voice. You know that kind? He sounded like he should be in broadcasting business. He was telling whoever he was talking with something about a thousand marbles. I was intrigued and stopped to listen to what he had to say. Well, Tom, it sure sounds like you're busy with your job. I'm sure they pay you well, but it's a shame you have to be away from work and your family so much. Hard to believe a young fellow should have to work 60 or 70 hours a week to make ends meet. Too bad you missed your daughter's dance recital, he continued. Let me tell you something, Tom, something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. And that's when he began to explain the theory of a thousand marbles. You see, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives about 75 years. I know some live more and some live less, but on average, folks live about 75 years. Now then, I multiplied 75 times 52, and I came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays that the average person has in their entire lifetime. So you need to stick with me, Tom. I'm getting to the important part. It took me until I was 55 years old to think about all this in any detail. And he went on. And by that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to thinking that if I lived to be 75, I only had about a thousand of those left to enjoy. So I went to a story store and I bought every single marble they had. and ended up having to visit three toy stores to round up a thousand marbles. I took them home and put them inside of a large clear plastic container right here in the sack next to my gear. Every Saturday since then I have taken one marble out and thrown it away. I found that by watching the marbles diminish, I focus more on the really important things in life. There is nothing like watching your time here on this earth run out to help get your priorities straight. Now let me tell you one last thing before I sign off with you and take my lovely wife out for breakfast this morning. I took the very last marble out of the container. I figured that if I make it until next Saturday, then I've been given a little extra time. And the one thing we can all use is a little more time. It was nice to meet you, Tom. I hope you spend more time with your family. And I hope to meet you again here on the van. 75-year-old man, this is KNNZQ, clear and going QRT. Good morning. You could have heard a pen drop on the van when this fellow signed off. I guess he gave us all a lot to think about. I had planned to work on the antenna this morning, and then I was going to meet up with a few of hams to work on the next club newsletter. Instead, I went upstairs and woke my wife up with a kiss. Come on, honey. I'm taking you and the kids to breakfast. What brought this on? She asked with a smile. Oh, nothing special. It's just been a long time since we spent Saturday together with the kids. Hey, can we stop at a toy store while we're out? I need to buy some marbles. You have them all the time. Week in and week out, you dream, plan, create, and execute. But at the end of the day, when everyone goes home, when the attaboys wear off, how do you know the difference between a vision that God has given you versus simply a good idea you came up with? God created and gave us our abilities, so it's possible to have ideas that are good but not aligned with Him. Here are some essential ways to identify when an idea is a God-given vision instead of just simply a good idea. A God-given vision is big. 
Oftentimes, a good idea comes from our own creative human thought. If this is the case, it's easy to counter our own ideas with all sorts of risk assessments. You're not important enough to pull that off. Better scale back. You are not well-resourced enough. Better scale back. You don't know what you are doing in that area. Better scale back. God created us with brains for a reason, and he wants us to use them. If your idea seems too safe or too easy, you may want to check in with God and see if it's really part of his vision for you. And a God-given vision points to God. When someone comes up with a good idea, the temptation or natural byproduct can be glory or honor for the one who came up with it. However, when God gives us a vision, the vision is often something that would be impossible if left simply to our human ability. Good ideas on their own will come up short, which is why God invites us to partner with Him by bringing our ideas and using them according to His plan. If you are tempted to take credit or bask in the praise of your own good ideas, take a closer look and see if it's really part of God's vision for you. Remind yourself that that you and your ideas are being invited by God to participate. When you start thinking your idea is a reason something succeeds, remember the words of Paul in Colossians 3.17. He says, Whatever you do, whether in words or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Remember, it's him who gives us our skill, ability, and opportunities. He deserves all the credit. Make sure even your good idea point back to him. A God-given vision lines up with the truth. God has wired us to plan, dream, build, create, and lead, sometimes figuring out if our good idea is from him or not can be one of the toughest challenges as a leader. In times when you have no idea, turn to truth. What does God's word say? What wise spiritual counsel can you seek out? Proverbs 19.20-21 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. When you are faced with trying to decide if something is simply a good idea or if something is aligned with the vision of God has given you, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom through prayer, through reading his word, and through wise counsel. Remember, God wired us with great ideas and great skill. It's amazing that the God of the universe allows us to use that skill to move his story and his kingdom forward. We need to make sure we are close enough and in touch enough with our big God to know how we can work for him and not the other way around. Perhaps God is giving you a vision for a future where you go back to school and start a new career. Or perhaps God gives you a vision where you can see yourself trying online dating and meeting your future husband or wife. Or perhaps God is giving you a picture in your mind of a ministry he wants you to start one day. These types of things in life always start with an idea, a dream, a hope. When God wants something for us in the future, he often puts a vision in our minds for this outcome in the present so we know what to work towards. So here are some things God does when he's giving you a vision for the future that he wants you to seek after with him. When God wants you to pursue a specific vision for your life, he will give you an unshakable desire to work towards that goal no matter how many setbacks occur. 
God won't just magically give you what he's giving you a vision for. When someone finally reaches a goal in life they've always wanted, it always comes after lots of personal sacrifice and hard work. But does this mean the person and not God deserves the credit? No, because if it's godly vision from the Lord, the Lord will help you bring it to fruition, not by just giving it to you, but rather by giving you a supernatural amount of energy to take the necessary steps to achieve this goal. There are so many failures and setbacks that will try to block someone from accomplishing their goals that they will need to an act of God to keep finding the energy to get back up again and again no matter what happens. We can see the principle in the words of Paul in Philippians 3, 1-11. Paul describes the goal he had to gain Christ no matter the cost, to share in the sufferings of Jesus and to obtain the resurrection from the dead but then, in the following Bible verses of Philippians 3, 12-15, Paul added, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward of what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. So when God is giving you a vision, he will also provide you with a supernatural determination to work towards that vision. So when God is giving you a vision for the future he wants for you, he will open the doors that are outside of your control. To balance out the last point, while we certainly need an abundance of energy from the Holy Spirit to actually do the work necessary to make this dream a reality, we must also submit to the truth that there will also be certain doors in life that we cannot open no matter how hard we work. For example, while we have some control over how willing we are to do and not do things, we do not have any control over other people's willingness to help us. Nothing meaningful in life can ever be accomplished by just one person. There will always be mentors along the way, supporters helping out when they can, and people who are receptive to the ideas we are presenting. Because of this, we must submit to the reality that God will have to open certain doors for us along the way if he truly leading us toward a certain vision for the future. If those needed doors are opening, this is a sign of God is showing you this vision really is from Him. As Paul said in Colossians 4, 3-5, At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word, to declare the mystery of Christ, an account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Paul knew we all have to be wise in how we live, but we also need God to open those doors only He can open. And God will show you how to apply specific Bible verses to your life as a way of building towards a specific future He is calling you to pursue. While the Holy Spirit certainly speaks to us personally, we must remember that the Holy Spirit has already spoken to us personally through his written scriptures as well. The Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit in every way. Therefore, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us personally, we will confirm what he has said to us through what he has already for sure said to us in writing in the Bible. 
we will know what paths to take that lead us towards the vision God has for us by applying His Word to our lives. For as Psalm 119.105 states, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When God is giving you a vision for the future He wants for you, He will help you know what sacrifices you need to make, and then He will help you make them. While it can be exciting to think about what God has planned for you in the future, we must also be sober-minded so we can also prepare for the sacrifices which will be needed to receive what God wants to give us. Everything truly good in life always requires a sacrifice to receive. We are not earning God's gift through these sacrifices, for everything God is by God's grace. Rather, God is preparing us for what He wants to give us in the future through the sacrifices He will require us to make in the present. Tomorrow's freedom always starts with today's surrender. If you want God to fill your hands with blessings tomorrow, you must learn to open your hands in submission today. Notice the link between sacrifice and discovering the will of God for your life that Paul mentions in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it states, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. May the Lord give you the supernatural strength and courage to follow him towards the visions he gives you in life. So that does bring us to the end of our episode today. And my closing prayer as always is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and yet you embrace that path. Next week's episode is going to be on how important are you to God? Hey, you can connect with me at pauseoflightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And anywhere you download your podcasts, you can get Positive Light for free. Hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.